0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. At the door. Happy resurrection to you. And I want you to talk to your neighbor, I say happy resurrection if you have a neighbor. And um, maybe if you're in a chat party, you want to to say happy resurrection. You know, Jesus is alive. He has risen. Jesus is alive. He's alive. So today, we are looking at Arise and Shine. Arise and Shine. And today is a continuation from Good Friday. Good Friday, we explained that when uh, the way of the cross, all that Jesus went through, by the time he got to the cross, and when he got to the cross, we, we went through the seven words on the cross. We explained the significance to us. So this is a continuation. It's a continuation of, of that st- event that happened 2,000 years ago. 2,000 plus years ago. So we are grateful to God that he did not end on the cross. Jesus did not end in the grave. There's a story I like to tell every. Easter. And the story goes thus. So when Jesus was buried, there was excitement in the kingdom of darkness. We got him. We got him. They rejoiced. We got him. We got him. They threw a party. Perhaps it was a week-long party. They won. They too, on the third day of the party, they heard footsteps approaching and approaching the gates of hell. And Satan must have sent one of his demons to go check who might that be. And the demon ran and saw and came back and said, Master, you won't believe who I saw. And he was like, who might that be to disturb my party? And he said, it is Jesus. As he mentioned Jesus, there was confusion in the kingdom of darkness. There was commotion amongst them. And Satan warned him. I told you not to mention that name here. And he says, come, let's go. And he got there. And as they got there, There was a loud cry. The gate was locked. Satan checked the keys. I still have the keys of death and hell. But the loud cry went forth. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lift up your everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. And there was a response. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. He will lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. And the gate broke into pieces, blasted open. And Jesus went in, bruised the head of Satan, took the keys of death and hell to fulfill scriptures. Bruised the head of Satan to fulfill scriptures in Genesis 3. Took the keys of Death and hell to fulfill the scriptures in Psalms and in Ephesians 4. And he led captivity captive. He led those that were in paradise. And he led them to the kingdom of his father. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. There was David there. There was Abraham there. There was all the saints. And Jesus rose in victory. And while he was ascending in victory... He gave gifts unto men. Praise the name of the Lord. So this morning, even this morning, we have over 3.7 billion people on earth that are celebrating their faith in Jesus. Kingdoms have come. Kingdoms have gone. But Jesus remains the same. Presidents have come. Commissioners have come. Emperors have come and gone. Institutions have come and gone. The only institution that has survived is the church. And because Jesus is the head of the church. So we take it from there. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. It says that I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you will know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead, that Christ will be revealed to you. Easter is all about getting up. You may have been down because of perhaps what is going on in the world today, or maybe even your personal issues before it's been compounded by COVID-19. You may have been down, but Easter is about getting up. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you may have been emotionally down. Easter is about getting up. You may have been spiritually down. Easter is about getting up. You may even have been physically down. Easter is about getting up. That's why it is arise and shine. Be the best that God has called you to be. And in getting up, there are two things, as far as man is concerned, that is usually a challenge to man. There are two things that hinders man from getting up. And and the first is our wisdom. Our wisdom, as as beautiful as wisdom is, is a gift from God. However, knowledge and wisdom can become a barrier for man to become all that God has created him to be. And the second is our righteousness. You know, our righteousness. We think we are good. We think we are well behaved. We have kept the law. Oh, we have kept the commandments. You know, it's usually a challenge Now, let me start with with the wisdom. Knowledge and wisdom. I'm going to um, link them together. Now, it's not a problem. God is a God of knowledge. God expects us to be filled with wisdom. In fact, knowledge, science, and discovery is not anti-God. God blessed man with the gift of science. And man must recognize that. Science knowledge cannot be anti-god and in fact man knows so little compared to the depth of of, of 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 the wisdom and the knowledge of the living god man knows so little so little so science and god are not at variance. you know the um u.s um speaker of the house nancy pelosi she made a statement that um, recently about you know some sort of christians that Uh, saying, no, we don't want science, we just want to pray, you know, and all that stuff. And she made a very profound statement. And she says, for those who say that we choose prayer over science, I say science is an answer to prayer. Boom! That's so spot on. Science is actually an answer to prayer. When men prayed, if you check, in fact, all those huge institutions like, Harvard, like Cambridge, like advancement of science, many of them came from the church. And even now, when men pray, God can give doctors ideas. <laughs> so science is not at variance with God. Science is an answer. And I like the fact that he said an answer. is just one of the answers. It's just one of the many ways God can Reaches his people and can bring life to his people. But the problem with science and knowledge, knowledge pops up man. So when man has knowledge, he becomes arrogant. You know, and that is where the problem is. So there, is, there, there, there are two problems there. So first and foremost, man becomes arrogant because knowledge generally cannot stand by itself. Knowledge has to stand in reference to his source knowledge if I, even if you are quoting if, if, if you've done any publications you need to state your sources you need to um, uh, give credit to your sources and all that stuff that is the work of men how much more the whole body of knowledge of, on earth should give reference to the source the father of all spirits the source of all knowledge so when knowledge and science wants to stand alone it becomes a problem so, for number one, because it can't stand alone. The limitation of it is, is even evident in the world today. I mean, coronavirus is running in another and that also reveals the second problem of knowledge of man, is that it is limited. It is limited. A lot of the things we do is try and error, Then we keep the ones that work and, and form a discipline around it. But with God, He knows the end from the beginning. There's no trial and error with God. Do I hear you shout hallelujah? <laughs> There's no trial and error with God. So that, that's, a, that's a big, big issue. So by the time you try to pitch your knowledge against the source of unlimited knowledge, you find out that your knowledge, your man's knowledge, is actually less than nothing compared to the infinite knowledge. Of the most high God. Again, I pray that God will give our scientists breakthrough in this search for the cure and, and the vaccines and all that stuff. You know, do I get an Amen? <laughs> amen. Let me tell you a story of a student and a professor. The the the, the student said to his professor, he said when he saw his results. He bites into the professor's office and says, Oh, I, I, I don't deserve to get zero. I don't deserve to get. The professor gave the student zero. <laughs> zero, you know. And the student was like, Oh, I don't deserve to get zero. And the professor kept calm while the student was raging. And, and the professor said, Yeah, I agree. You don't deserve to get zero. But unfortunately, the lowest mark I'm allowed to give you is zero. You don't deserve to get zero, you deserve to get negative, you know. But I, I can't give you negative. Zero is the lowest I can I can give, so I, I agree with you. So let's manage this zero. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. So compared to the knowledge of the most high God, our knowledge is pretty much less than zero. We see in 1 Corinthians 3:19, the word of God says that for the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God, it's foolishness to God. In other words, when you compare it, it's it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It can't even be compared to God. Now, when we look at the other side, which is our righteousness, that is, I mean, it's even unthinkable that man can bloat in his righteousness. But unfortunately, that's what we see today. Men are bloating in their righteousness. They don't say directly, but the implications of their actions tell us that that's what they are doing. Isaiah 64 Verse 6 says to us very clearly, we are all infected. You know, was like, you know, this nobody wants to be infected with viruses, and you will not be in Jesus' name. But the word of God says, We are all infected with sin. Everyone. Says when we display our righteousness and our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. So we have to Put down our knowledge and our wisdom, and embrace the wisdom of God, which, which is Christ. We need to put down our knowledge, our, our righteousness, and embrace the righteousness of God, which is Christ. And in Romans five, Romans five, eighteen to nineteen, the MSG translation put it beautifully. It says that here it is in a nutshell. Here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did it wrong and got us all into trouble, in this trouble of sin and death, Adam, another person did it right. Jesus, and got us out of it. He's not getting us out of it. He got us out. He got us out of it already. We, if you are in Christ, you are out of sin and death. That's what the Word of God says. But more than just getting us out of trouble, He got us into life. He didn't just get us out of sin and death. That would have been beautiful enough. He brought us into life. That alone just can meditate on this and blow your mind. He brought us into life. One man said no to God. And put many people in the wrong. One man. One man. Not one man and your uncle. Not one man and and your archbishop. One man, Christ, one man, hmm, amazing, said yes to God and put many in the right. Hallelujah. So Philippians 3.10, our anchor scripture says that I may know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead, you have to know Christ. That I may know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him up from the dead. Now, to get up and be all that we are made to be, we must know Christ. We must know the living Jesus, that Jesus Christ is alive. We must know the King Jesus, that Jesus Christ is King. We must know the present Jesus, that Jesus Christ is present. So for us to get up, to arise and shine, in other words, to get up and be all that God has called us to be, we must, number one, we must know the living Jesus, that Jesus Christ is alive. Number two, we must know the King Jesus That Jesus Christ is King. And number three, we must know the present Jesus, that Jesus Christ is present. So, starting with the living Jesus, because He lives, you will arise in the name of Jesus. Because He lives, you will live and you will shine in the name of Jesus. Because He lives, We can face tomorrow gallantly because Jesus is alive. Because Jesus is alive, we will face tomorrow gallantly. This whole pandemic will expire and we will be standing because Jesus is alive and well in the name of Jesus. You see, the challenge is a lot of people know the historical Jesus. So, it's thing to know the historical Jesus. It's another thing to know the living Jesus. So, which Jesus do you know? Do you know the historical Jesus? The Jesus that you read reading in history books. Some people, many times, when we read the Bible, it's just a historical book for some people. But when you read the Bible, are you experiencing the living Jesus? So, is it the historical Jesus or is it the living Jesus? Is it the Jesus that men talk about? Or is it the Jesus that God reveals? For you to walk and get up and arise and shine, you have to come in contact with the living Jesus. Not the one that they are talking about on the street. Not the one that these pastors talked about or that pastor talked about. Is the one that is revealed to you. The living, alive Jesus. In Matthew 16, 13, Matthew 16, 13, the word of God says that then Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, and he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am, that the Son of Man is the historical Jesus? The historical Jesus will only, at best, equate him to one of the prophets. You know, because some say, Oh, you're Elijah, oh, you're Jeremiah, oh, you're just one of the prophets. Make him look good, but deprive the power of resurrection. Then he turned to Peter and said, Who do you say that I am? And God is asking you this morning, Who do you say that I am? Who am I to you? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Boom! And God said, Jesus said, Yeah, it's God. Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, Peter. But my Father in heaven, Woo! you've just come in contact with the living Jesus. it can only come by revelation. So who is he to you until it becomes alive and I pray today in the name of Jesus that Jesus will become alive to you that it, you will not only relate with the historical Jesus, you will you will relate and engage with the living Christ, the living Jesus, the one that is alive and well. Jesus is alive. Oh yes, Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. You know, if you check history, every eyewitness to his resurrection held their testimony till death. That is huge. Every eyewitness of Jesus' resurrection held the testimony that Jesus, that they saw him alive till they died. Not one snitched, because there was nothing to snitch about. You know, now I'm, I'm in my old age. I shouldn't be lying. An old man should not be lying. Let me tell you people the truth. We didn't see Jesus. Not one. All of them held on to their testimony. All. Oh, in fact, many of them, even to the point of death, they held on to the testimony. A lot of the disciples, all of them, only 12, were martyred. The one that, you know, that's when I think about it, I say, okay, well, this one is Thomas. You know, Thomas, the one they call doubting Thomas. Thomas said, I will not believe until I until, if, if my Korokoro eyes, if I don't see and touch, see and touch, I won't believe. You know, people can be saying anything you want to say. <laughs> you, you know, you know. And he saw and he touched. Thomas was impaled, he died in India. He was told to deny Christ. He says, I can't deny what I've seen and known. He didn't. Because he has experienced the resurrected Christ. I pray that you experience the living Christ in the name of Jesus because Jesus is alive. Everybody say, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive and well. To get up and arise and shine and be all that God has called you to be. To get up and arise. To get up and shine. We must know the living Jesus, that Jesus Christ is alive. Hallelujah. That I may know him and experience the power of his religion. So we must know that Jesus is alive. Number two, we must know that Jesus is king. We must know the king Jesus, that Jesus Christ is king. Philippians 2, Philippians 2 from from verse 8 says, Described everything that happened at Good Friday. And says he humbled himself in obedience to God. And he died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor. To a place of highest honor. And gave him a name that is above every other name. All other names. That at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow. Jesus Christ is king. Every knee should bow. In heaven, his jurisdiction knows no bounds. In heaven, on earth, beneath the earth, under the earth, and that every tongue should declare that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, for you to come into resurrection power, you must know that Jesus Christ is king. Revelation seventeen fourteen says that they, now, b- before this, you know, all the forces of the earth, the, the ten kings that came into power, I'll be briefly, they joined forces with the, with the antichrist and, and they, they pulled all their forces together. And the, verse 14 says, and they wage war against the lamb. The prophet says they will wage war against the lamb. But the Lamb will triumph over them. Why will he triumph? Why will Jesus triumph? Because he is Lord of Lords and he is King of Kings. All the kings of the earth can join their hands together. They will fail when they come in contact and against Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because he's King of Kings, because he's Lord of Lords. And I pray in your life, every force that join hands together, that gather against you, against your destiny, they will fail in the name of Jesus because Jesus is king of kings and Jesus is Lord of lords. Hallelujah. You know, it's it's such an awesome privilege, awesome privilege to be called by his name. Jesus is king. I want you to say loudly wherever you are, say, Jesus is king. I can't hear you say, Jesus is king. Jesus is king. So to get up and be all that we were made to be, to arise and to shine in in the brightness that God has made, made for us, we must know the living Jesus, that Jesus Christ is alive. Number two, we must know the king Jesus. That Jesus Christ is King. Number three, we must know the present Jesus. That Jesus Christ is present. Hallelujah. That Jesus Christ is present. So for us to arise and shine, to get up, to walk in resurrection power, to, to, to be all that God has created us to be, We must know the living Jesus, that Jesus is alive. We must know the King Jesus, that Jesus Christ is King. We must know the present Jesus, that Jesus Christ is present. Jesus Christ, the living King, is present. Hallelujah. It's not the King that is withdrawn. He says, I "I, I know your infirmities. I am close to your feelings. It's not the, the King that is distant. It's the King That is present. Jesus is the king that is present. He's not distant. He's present. He's not distant. He's present. You see, one of the things that, you know, shelter in place, stay home, (laughs) physical distancing, Quarantining at this time. One of the things it can force us to be or to do is it can force us to be physically at home. <laughs> you know, you know, WHO and government can and it's the right thing. I mean, given the, the reality of what's on ground. So the quarantining can force us to be at home physically. But you see, quarantine cannot force you to be present. You can be at home and be absent. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You can be at home and be absent. You can be at home and still be absent from your children. You can be at home. You are still distant from, to your, from your spouse. You are, not, you are not present. You are not intimate. You are not... So, you are still estranged. You are at home. But your social media... 24-7. You are home, but you are not present. You're not present. God wants you to be present. Yes. God wants you to be present. Be present with your with your spouse. Be present with your children. Be present at home. You are home now. At, at least you're you are, you are home. Only <laughs> God knows for how long. You might as well be present. Praise God. Uh, why you know because when you are present you feel when you are present you feel when you are present you are in tune when you are present you know there's a story that you know. every time it, 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 I, I juggle and i you know i wrestle with it and you know he always blesses me and that is in, in 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 the story of of lazarus when when he died and in in john 11 in john 11 Verse 35, John eleven twenty-five. 35, the, the Word of God says that after Jesus, this same Jesus that said to um, Martha, you know, if you knew who it is that is talking to you, I am the resurrection and, and the life. He that is there will come back to life. Martha says, I know the a day of resurrection. He says, no, I am the resurrection and the life. Don't you believe this, Martha? If you believe, you will see the glory of God. This was the same Jesus. Mary came and he told me the same thing. He says, your brother is going to live again, you know, this is for the same Jesus. But when Jesus got to the tomb of Lazarus, verse 35, Jesus wept. <sighs> like, Why was he weeping? He didn't say he cried. He didn't say he shed some tears. He didn't say he sobbed. As he just, just had some, you know, he wept. Why did he weep? Some say, oh, because of their unbelief. Come on, Jesus doesn't deal with unbelief. He says, Jesus, Jesus rebukes unbelief, you know, or encourages out of it. So it can't be unbelief. Why did Jesus cry? Why, why did he cry? When he got to the grave and he became, and he was present in the reality of the situation of Martha, Mary, and the brother, he felt because when you are present, you feel. Jesus felt the pain of his friends. Oh, Jesus, even though he knew that Lazarus was going to get up, he was God. He knew the end from the beginning. But you see, because even though God knows the end from the beginning, the beauty of our faith in Christ is that he became like us. He knows how we feel. He is the God that is present jesus is present for you to experience the resurrection power the one that raised lazarus from the dead that eventually raised jesus from the dead you need to know how to be present and present with god and present in your life jesus wept. he wept because he was present and if you're present you feel he already knew he was going to get up but he went So the question is, what keeps us from being present? What keeps us from being present is one thing, and it's what even WHO, I mean, is recommending to the um, CDC here in the US. That is to say that if you want to get out of of your house, that is now required. It was required in China, and that is to wear a mask. What keeps us from being present? Is to wear a mask. Now, our own masks that we wear doesn't is not half mask. It covers the whole house. We are like a masquerade. Is <laughs> we wear a mask, masking, hiding, not being vulnerable to God, not being vulnerable in your situation in with your with your children, not being vulnerable keeps you from being present. You know, I had um. Someone said that one of the greatest memories he has of his father is a time when his father came into into the the place that they were in and thought that they were the one that broke something. And it wasn't them. And he was trying to tell his dad that it's not us that broke this thing. But the dad was so angry. He abused all the children. He sent all of them home. And later in the evening, the dad realized that, wait a minute, Wait a minute. I was wrong. He says the father called him and was vulnerable. Was said, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Why, why can't we say sorry? What was the problem? And the man insisted. He called all the other children and apologized. And he was like, no dad, you can wait till tomorrow. And he said, no, no. I have to set things straight. Is the guy that is present? That's, just, that's, a, that's a, an example. So, because we don't we choose not to be vulnerable, we are not present. Because we choose not to be vulnerable, we hide, we wear a mask. At the cross, Jesus was present, Jesus went through the pain, he was present. Jesus could have obviously commanded some angels to help him out. And take off some load from him. And they will. Because he's their king. But he did not. Jesus was present. Jesus was present at the cross. When he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was at that point, he felt the pain. Some of us, will feel the pain of abandonment. We are not vulnerable with our emotions. We wear a mask. Jesus did not wear a mask on the cross of Calvary. Jesus shouted, I feel abandoned. Do you feel abandoned? Are you hiding? Are you wearing a mask? Are you wearing a mask? Why don't you call? Why don't you ask for help? Why do you want to remain where you are? Dying. If Jesus, our king, can be vulnerable, even at the lowest point, he was vulnerable. They said to him, physician, heal yourself. Take yourself out of the, from the cross. He went through all that. Many of us are ashamed because we, we don't want to, we don't want people to, to to laugh at us we don't want to so we wear a mask because we don't want to be vulnerable. Jesus was without a mask. He was vulnerable. God wants you to be vulnerable because you cannot shine if you are covered. you cannot shine if you are hidden prisoner of the Lord. Jesus knew he was going to die anyway. But he still was vulnerable with his feelings of thirst. I am thirsty. I, I thirst. I need water. I, I, I need a drink. Guys, I need a drink. Help, help a boy that is on the cross. <laughs> I need a drink. Do you need a drink? Or you are you keeping quiet? How can you be keeping quiet when you need a drink? Your master said, I need a drink when he needed a drink. My grandmother would say, if you keep quiet, your own will keep quiet with you. Jesus is vulnerable. You have to take off the mask. You have to take off the mask. You have to take off the mask. I want to challenge you to read, I mean, to read the whole of John chapter 4. I think there are 54 um, verses there. Just sit down, take a cup of coffee or tea or water, whatever you prefer, and you know, cross your legs you know, in the quarantine and read John chapter 4. It's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story. But I'll, I'll just go straight to where we're going. So, in that, then you can read the whole thing to get the context. Now, Jesus had met a woman by the well. Jesus was thirsty on the cross. That was not the first time he was thirsty. He was also thirsty when he met the woman by the well, like the explained on Friday. And Jesus said to the woman, Give me water to drink. And I the was confused. You, how can you, that you're a Jew, feel so, that they, they, they are of a superior class to the Samaritans. Ask me that I'm a Samaritan for water. How can you be so vulnerable? You are supposed to be better, or you at least you, you carry yourself as though you are better than us, but not Jesus. Then, then, not just a Samaritan, you ask me a Samaritan woman. Men usually will not talk to women publicly, but Jesus said to a woman publicly, Okay. Give me what there? <laughs> you know, at the risk of if they see him with the woman, because disciples were saying, hmm, "This man and girls who is talking to another woman. Oh, we just left him for two minutes, just to come back now. you're seeing him with babe." That was what I was going through in their mind. If you read that story well. <laughs> Praise God. But Jesus was vulnerable. Now, wh- wh- where am I going with this? When, when when Jesus was vulnerable, Jesus wanted to help the woman. And Jesus wanted to, to, you see, before you God can reveal things to you, God must prick and tear down that veil. The woman said, Oh, oh, give me this living water. Because Jesus had water appetite. So Jesus said, You want living water? He says, yes. He says, Go and call your husband. And the woman was like, I mean, at that time, I can. You see, many people, you know, I'm a pastor, I, I, I speak with people. When I ask them some probing questions, their eyes goes like this, boom, 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 boom. They're thinking, should I lie? Should I tell him the truth? Which, which version should I tell him? Should I tell him the New King James version? <laughs> the NLT version? And I just sit there like, and, I, and I smile. Why? Because until you become vulnerable, you cannot become valuable. The worth remains hidden until you become vulnerable. So the woman said, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to take off my mask. The woman said, I don't have a husband. Do <laughs> you know, the woman could have responded in many ways. The woman could have said to Jesus, I should go and call my husband. Nah, I'm coming. And she would have just gone and run away. That is crazy, man. <laughs> this crazy man. She would have just done that. Say, okay, I'm coming. No, I should have just gone and But she probably considered it. She said, hmm, I'll be vulnerable. I don't have a husband." And Jesus said, you have well spoken. She could have responded in many, several mask-wearing ways. But she took off her mask. And if you read verses 25 and 26, Jesus said, because the woman said, all these things you are seeing.'" When the Messiah comes, he will explain it to us. And Jesus said, I am the Messiah. Ah, oh, that was, that's big. You know why that's big? That was, she was the first person that Jesus will publicly, publicly reveal to himself to as the Messiah. Check the scriptures. That woman was the first person that Jesus will publicly reveal himself to and say, I mean, it, the Pharisees, they were wearing veils of, of religiosity. The Sadducees, same thing. The scribes, same thing. All, all the people, same thing. The person, the first person that Jesus will reveal his glory to, will reveal the fact that he was the Messiah to, publicly, was this woman by the well. Why? Because she chose to be vulnerable. So, so God is saying... That when you stop hiding, you start shining. When you stop hiding, you start shining. You need to arise and shine. You need to stop hiding. You need to open your heart to God. Open your life to God. You're in a community. There are people that can help you. Open your life to God. Let God help you. When you remove the mask, you see the Christ. When you stop shielding yourself, to come into the experience of Messiah. So, what is it gonna to be today? What is it gonna to be today? Hiding gives us a false sense of control. It does. It gives us a false sense of control. You think nobody, everybody deceived everybody, but you are you are in pain. You need help. You need a savior. He wants to save you today. Are you gonna open your heart? Are you going to stop hiding so that you can start shining? But we can't really control anything. If you check, you didn't control the day you were born. You will not control the day you die. You didn't control who gave birth to you. You didn't control the country you were born into. You didn't control who your parents were. Many of us fear to choose our parents. We choose other people. You didn't control those that are in your naming ceremony. You will control those that will be in your funeral if Jesus dies. So we really don't have control. So, in fact, this COVID-19 thing has showed us that we really don't have control. Man doesn't really have control. That's what it has shows. So, even though I don't have control, even though I can't control things, but I can surrender. You always have the power to surrender. Even though you don't have the power to control, you always, always have the power to surrender. What is it going to be today? Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. You know, it's, it's so important that we look at the resurrection of Jesus even at this time and, and see the beauty of what it has, has done for us. And let's just talk to God. If you're here, you're like, Pastor, I'm I'm done with hiding. I'm done with hiding. I want, I want to, I want to know Jesus. I want to know Jesus. I want to know him as the living Jesus. I want not the historical Jesus. I want to know him as, as, as the King Jesus. Not the one that will be tossed up and down. Or the one that I can carry in my pocket. The King that I bow to. I want, I want to know him as the present Jesus. The very present help in time of trouble. Pray with me. Talk to God wherever you are. God is there. Just open your heart and, 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 and surrender to him. Just open your heart and surrender to him. And you're here, you're saved, but you have been hiding. You have been hiding. Make up your mind to be vulnerable. Make up your mind to open up to God. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.